Chapter fifty seven of I, Mary MacLean, by Mary MacLean. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter fifty seven Slyly Garbling and Cross Purposing. Tomorrow. At rarish intervals comes my soul to visit me. My soul is light, sheer being. My soul is like a young, most beautiful girl, marked and worn by long circles of time, but not anyway aged. She comes dressed in something like grey-white de soie muslin or fine-grained crepe silk, a loose-belted frock reaching to her ankles. My soul is unmoved by the world and the flesh and their feeling, as befits a soul. She looks at me with a chill, fairyish contempt as also befits a soul the quality of her contempt is of weary understanding and is like a caress in the dusk of yesterday came my soul to visit me a dusk of a deep beauty the last glow of the sun lay along the earth and all was gentian blue i leaned against my window-pane watching it and beside me sat her presence her presence makes me feel wonderfully gifted it is mine this soul all golden silk and silken gold we talk on many topics of many things i in worldly nervous ignorance and with a wishfulness to reach and compass and know the soul with poise and surety of attitude a wearied patience and the chill sweet contempt she answers me from her cool old tranquil viewpoint which is near me yet remote we talked last of some bygone persons I have been some shapes she wore Said the soul early in the 16th century you were a ragged Prussian peasant girl living in ignorance and filth in a hut by a swamp edge You had parents both of whom beat your body black and blue from your babyhood and At 18 you were a coarsened hardy wench tending a drove of pigs and goats on the sunny steppe I was there and you as presently as now as sentient as perceptive But it is a question whether you or the little beasts you drove were the more beastly stupid You and they were equally in outer quality equal in uncleanliness equally covered with vermin I Have no ghost memory of that time But as the soul told of it a nascent feeling came on me as if some part of my mind felt its way back to that I warmed to the thought of the peasant girl. I was quiescent to her filth and ignorance Said I was she brave and fairly honest said the soul you were a ready liar You lied your way out of many a beating But you were brave enough you faced the roughnesses of your life uncringing and you died game Said I how did I die said the soul you are run neatly through the body by the short sword of a soldier whose lust desire you had had the hardiness to refuse and I fled away upon the instant Said I I half knew it she died a violent death you Were you glad to be quit of her filthy flesh her surroundings her ignorance? Said the soul glad such things mean nothing to me your body be it sweet or foul has no bearing on my long journey Motives motive back of your human acts makes me glad or sorry at leaving you Said I tell me about a time when I seem some way fine humanly fine 
said the soul in london near the end of the seventeenth century before and during the period of the gordon riots you lived in a way of peace from when you were fourteen until you were twenty-nine you lived alone with your little lame half-sister whom you cared for very devotedly very tenderly my little half-sister until the soul spoke of her there was no vision no image like her then something of me remembered said i what was she like who were our parents said the soul your mother died at your birth hers at her birth your father was hanged at tyburn for forgery the sister was pale large-eyed long-haired crippled from a dislocated shoulder and hip when you were twenty-five she was eleven a beautiful frail child you lived in two rooms above a linen drapers and you supported the two of you by weaving and calendaring cloths for the shopkeeper and by illuminating missals and manuscripts when you could get that work for a very poor wage but living was cheap all the time you took zealous care of your sister your heart was bound up in her you adored her said i i know that tell me what we did how we lived how we loved each other said the soul in the summer evenings you often walked out along quiet london streets the sister sometimes with a crutch and your arm about her sometimes in a rolling chair whilst you walked beside her pushing it your father had educated you in an erratic fashion you had a deal of desultory knowledge what is called knowledge and you educated the young sister in the same manner often it was of the poets latin english italian and of histories and sciences and arts what odd comprehensive bits you knew that you two talked as you sauntered in the bright late english sunlight or you talked of the little details of your joint life sometimes you sat together you holding her close in your arms by a window in your darkening front room and watched the children at play in the common opposite and conversed and were quietly happy you were maternal and the child was a mature old-fashioned yet childish innocent child my little sister sweet long gone would that i had her now said i tell me what we said said the soul you said to her our poverty and even our deprivations dearest which for your sake i feel deeply would not matter not the least to me if i could see you well and strong and the child replied sweet just to rest like this in your arms each twilight makes me rich rich as rich as the smartest ladies in piccadilly and you said rich reminds me darling we shall have four extra shillings four bright silver shillings at the end of this week from the bookseller so what shall we purchase for a treat there'll be if you like prawns and crumpets for tea for days to come or if my child prefers oranges or pineapples once and the child replied with her cheeks quite pink at the thought oh sister love let us have the pines just one day and let us make believe to be ladies that day and comfort ourselves like ladies and take our tea all like ladies and you pressed her close to your breast you both wore caps and kerchiefs and stuff gowns in the fashion of the lower middle artisan class and showered gentle kisses on her cheeks and eyelids and promised her the pineapples and the tea like ladies I listened to this with vivid still pleasure 
I felt like endearing fulfilling life a day of tenderness and oddly familiar Said I what were we in the habit of having for our tea that prawns and crumpets would make us a treat? Said the soul your tea was chiefly bran bread and cress or perhaps lettuce with a stone mug of milk for the child when you could afford it the London of that day had no luxuries for the poor and having had none you miss none But the populace lived in starveling misery the rabble rose and rallied to the Gordon as It would have to anyone who urged it to rioting You were Protestants, but you regarded him as a weakling visionary You watched the rioting in the streets with little fear but the linen draper and all other shopkeepers kept barred doors you two were venturesome and were yourselves of the masses and when the mob stormed newgate prison you both stood watching with many other householders on the outskirts of the crowd in terror but secretly half in sympathy you were safe enough from the rioters who were intent on wrecking the jail and freeing the inmates it was characteristic of you as you were then to be out looking on at a murderous night scene with interest Carefully protecting the child from contact with the throngs Said I how long did that life last said the soul four years after that your sister changed from her bare little bed to a coffin And you went on alone achingly suffering her loss for long years You lived to be 70 a thin old woman working latterly as one of the night nurses in a public hospital you lived an abstemious outwardly self-sacrificing life and died alone from hardened arteries one autumn night said i and was there an informing beauty for you for you and for me in my life then coldly said the soul you were self-centered for all your self-sacrifice you reckoned it your duty to care for your sister it was also your irresistible delight and after her death you took self-satisfaction in self-sacrifice smug smug for me there was a laming distortion in it all said i tell me some other life said the soul you were once a little thief in the streets of a later london you picked pockets you stole bits of food in covent garden market you pilfered shop tills you systematically worked the wealthy throngs as they came from the opera at midnight you were known to the police as the cleverest child thief in London It warmed my vanity to think of myself as clever in so theatric a role as a thief Said I how did that life like you? Said the soul with a shrug of her delicate shoulders. I had little to do with it and that in a negative way My part in you was to keep your heart in hungry hunted days You were neither a good thing nor a bad thing Perishingly passive and you were dead in a potter's field before your sixteenth birthday Said I how did the little thief look said the soul you were sufficiently ugly an undersized form a gamin face bastard features Said I and I dare say ignorant said the soul ignorant of everything rated useful but wise to the undersides of human nature and in the sordid viciousness of London slums and singularly shrewd what is called philosophical said i pray tell me another life said the soul an earlier time paris some time before the terror saw you a slim fil du pave 
a prostitute of the low cheap's type but with more brain more of what is termed character than you have ever possessed you had wit will esprit determination from having been at seventeen most obscenely of the streets you were at thirty a wonderfully grand courtesan no better in what are called morals but possessed of very much inner and outer strength and lustre you were cher aimé to men of brain men of importance to the state whose acts were shaded by your influence and you achieved unusual wealth chiefly by the powers and strategies of your character you lived in the extreme luxury of that time and of your type a delicate luxury almost high-bred you were wanton in amour being physically extremely passionate but admirably straightforward and strong in each matter and aspect of your life said i you admired her said the soul I was serene and vividly alive within you you were in all ways simply and completely an honest woman and for the only time said i how could she be honest since she lived by exchanging treasure of much personal economic value for cheap cheapest gold trash and a besmirched name and all through two sorts of greed said the soul you were honest since you made no pretence of any kind to yourself you took no gold that you did not logically humanly or shamefully earn you were consciously and unconsciously above all subterfuge you wrought no ruin nor error nor darkness upon your own spirit or any other you deceived neither yourself nor any one about you the tone of your life was of sunshining simplicity and cleanness there was no greed in you you saw your way of life before you and lived it without degradation with a positiveness of strength it is as if my soul's view and mine were infinitely separate from being narrowly paralleled the portrait was mystically familiar but not by her light said i was she beautiful to look at said the soul you were beautiful in a pallid saint-like french manner an uncertain type of beauty which fatigue or depression turns to plainness you had but little light charm of prettiness but you had what counts for more than beauty the nerve and verve of attractiveness the force and fascination of physical being the fragrance the flair of the deep-sexed woman in one phase you were constantly praying and preyed upon but with high valours of attack and endurance said i did she live in peace had she no times of suffering said the soul you had hours of violent bitter suffering paris has always accepted without countenancing the properous cocotte and often you were infamously insulted at street crossings by soldiers and sergeants de ville as you drove out in your small bright-coloured carriage and you were hailed with opprobrious appropriate names by the ragged populace as they picked up silver pieces which you threw among them such things were stinging brands and lashes to you but you bore yourself with entire courage you gave much money to churches and charities but looked on such acts in yourself rightly as some slight weakness which would however be of benefit to the starving poor i cannot describe so you could grasp it the peace the expansion the freedom for me in that life and in that attitude 
the exact look of the soul throws over me a veil of wistfulness bewilderness freedness lostness which hides the material moorings of my life and casts me adrift on broad clouded seas said i what was the end of that how did she die said the soul you died exquisitely of syphilitic disorders you were something past forty badly broken your looks were gone your friends were gone your money was not gone but it was of little use to you but you smiled serenely and lived up personally and mentally to your smile a surgeon and a fat moustached old woman saw you die in the beginning of that bodily rot the just portion of the passionate whore one sweet spring dawn with birds twittering in green branches outside your window and a great gold sun slowly breaking the mist then for once i left you with reluctance i clung to you the kiss of me was last on your fainting brain and your fast cooling heart for i was leaving in an agony of my own an honest person and i knew not what might be my next petty prison said i what was my next life said the soul it was not so petty as were some others you were next about seventeen fifty a quaint extremely common little person you were apprenticed as a child to a milliner in liverpool england you grew out of that and became a dancer in a dingy theatre a cheap bedraggled life you were a cheap and bedraggled young woman you wore odd gay tawdry frocks hideous little shoes ragged ravelled silk hose surprising bright bonnets your mind was a shallow pool filled with tales from shillings shockers and penny dreadfuls in which you believed implicitly you were mentally degenerate organically a fool a wonderful snob you wanted only wealth and place bitterly to deride and browbeat the low class to which you belonged not from lack of heart but because you believed it to be the proper aristocratic manner and what you wanted in mind you made up in temper you quarrelled you came to blows with your fellow dancers in any of the half score of small selfish daily disputes cleverness among you consisted in gaining any possible advantage over the others and in calling each other names also in manoeuvring bits of money as much as might be from unpleasing men who hung about the dingy playhouse on holidays you were invariably half drunk and wherein was she not petty said the soul you believed in yourself you had not a doubt you belonged in worldly high places but you were kept down by the malice and depravity of human nature people about you and you lived up to your vulgar ideal of ambition there was a simplicity an enlightening pathos in you then which was lacking in the linen draper's lodger in my flawed way i saw that but objected to the bygone liverpool lady from many an angle said i had i no life of a sweetness and gentleness and with it something that buoyed and bore on you said the soul never once you were many centuries ago a greek girl of the aristocratic class bred in an intellectual life you read the philosophers in the cool retreats of an olive grove the mental knowledge you have now compared to your learning then is a tangle of ignorance but the greek girl had no heart no human flame no active blood of personality those wanting i starved the liverpool dancer in her warming virile vulgarness bore me vastly farther on my way 
you were a greek woman in a still earlier time of a type which murders all simplicity your body and mind were haunted by perfervid imagination and both ached with the weight of it you were made of twisted fires i grew in that day grew burdenedly grew distortedly always those greek visions are my half familiar ghosts said i was i sometime a married woman said the soul you were in four separate ages which brought you and me singular solitude said i was i always a woman said the soul you were once a young lad of fierce temper and were at twenty a madman and died mad no male body and brain could withstand and outface merely the emotional besiegings of you said i when i went mad what of you said the soul i fell asleep and knew no rest but dreamed said i of what said the soul things i always dreamed in your mad lapses poetry served very conscious and very hot the material colour of the sunshine the musical softness of the dawns the pulsing thoughts in girls throats the scent of waterfalls the soul has an airless voice which tells her meanings beside her words and in their rhythm said i what do you and how do you with me now said the soul i grow tired with you exasperated desperate as if i too wore flesh you are a deathly prison a torture chamber i turn everywhere and nowhere at all you tire me you wear me i wait i stay yet i move she looked lovely my soul and quite in and of this bitterish lovely world in its bloody bitter wrappings of bone and flesh around her neck was the necklace she wore in all the ages showing greenish in a dusk of gentian blue all of it slyly garbles and cross-purposes with me a little bit more than usual i wish i'd been born a wild boar end of chapter fifty seven